0: Everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Creators Outlet right here on the Creators Outlet channel. Well, Look at that. We'd like to welcome into the studio today our guest, Paul Gomez. Welcome, Hi. sir. Thank
1: you for having me. <clears throat> Why
0: don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, My name is Paul Gomez. I'm a brand new writer and creator of comics. I just started about eight, nine months ago with my first comic, which was PTSD. Ever since, I put out about two other comics, and this is actually going to be my fourth comic on Kickstarter at the moment, and just kind of jumping headlong into the industry.
0: Wow. So, uh, where did your love of comics come from?
1: Oh, man. Uh, You know, I've always loved comics since I was little. I think the first major comic that really hit me was an X-Men annual, and I think I was about 12 or 13 It had a a story in the back of it, which was not the main story, but it was a a Bishop story. And it was right around when the character debuted. And and I kind of felt the connection with the mutants and and Bishop that I had to decide to go out there and, you know, find all all of the comics that had Bishop in it, including his first appearance, which wasn't too far back. And I just kind of went from there.
0: And, And they were and his first appearance was a lot cheaper back. Yeah, it was definitely a lot cheaper. So if you don't have it yet, you might want to run out and get it because Disney's probably going to soak the MCU with every mutant that's ever been mentioned in a book. So. Yeah,
1: definitely, especially with Bishop and Gambit and their, their relationship that they always had in the books. I could definitely see them throwing both those in there and make them substantial.
0: Oh, yeah. We all know they're dying to cast the new Wolverine and yeah, and get that and get that going. So, <clears throat> did you uh, study writing in school at all, or
1: no? And as a matter of fact, I, I got dyslexia, so it's kind of hard for for me uh, whenever yeah. it comes to writing and and, and reading and stuff. Um, me and my kids, whenever everything happened this past few years, we were stuck in the house. I had uh, got let go from my job, and they were kind of home from school and I wanted to do something at the house to to keep their morale up and and keep them reading. So we had sat around like a think tank and we were starting to write uh different stories. We got this uh big journal or two. Just started writing stuff down and we were going to make a home comic because I had just introduced them to comic books a few months earlier. And it kind of just kind of went on a roller coaster ride from there. I met met with this artist cuz I was He was doing a local signing and he told me what it would take to make it instead of just a home home project, something that I would put on a bookshelf. And it it just really was a a crazy ride from there.
0: So. You wrote it. Who did who did the art uh, for your books? Well, uh, my
1: first books was uh, San Espina my my second book is a, a team it's a Gabriel Rowland and Brian Azura that did the interiors and of course I have about ten or 12 different people on on the covers. I try to spread the love around and uh, it really depends on on the cover because I have William Russell, Ariel Diaz um, jeff mute and and a whole host of other people and on the different variant covers
0: good i I have somebody to put on your radar after the after the program, awesome. I'm always
1: looking for new cover artists. I, I like I said, I do like to kind of have a variety of them because I know a lot of people love seeing the different art on those covers. Oh, yeah.
0: So let, let's start out. Your first book was PTSD. Yes.
1: Yes. PTSD was my first book that came out. Now, Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries was the first book that I wrote, but PTSD kind of came out a little bit faster because. Uh, The interior artist was a little bit faster. He was bringing me pages like every day. And you can kind of see that those beautiful pages and his interior artwork was so different and amazing. And since his art was coming in faster and it being a 22 page book, PTSD was the first one that came out.
0: Now, the couple of pages I did see there, he's got some real interesting panel layouts. And it's yeah. different. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. It's not the standard. Right. You and know.
1: That, that was one of the things that I went with. So whenever I started making comics, I, I got somebody to help me who was a, a Eisner award winner. And he kind of was teaching me and, and I was looking at the art and I was looking for somebody who was dark and gritty whenever it came to PTSD. Cause it is a little bit harder of a story and you could kind of see his inks and, and, uh, dark colors but also changing those colors kind of make the mood change was really the reason that we we hired him but his unique paneling was just so
0: amazing. So amazing. So why don't you tell us the story behind PTSD? Well, PTSD w- was like I said, the second book
1: or the, the first book that came out. But when, while I was working on Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries, I had a few snags interior artists that dropped out and me and a, a friend of mine were talking on Memorial Day. I, I was writing my second script, with, which was called Flame, and I never got to produce that so far, but it was really talking about mental illness and awareness. And I felt like it really wasn't hitting that impact that I wanted it to. So on that Memorial Day, me and my friend, we, we decided to take the day and not talk about comics, but people who had impacted our life that, that were in the military. And the next day, this story just came to me. And I was like, if I'm talking about mental illness and awareness, why not talk about the one that's known the most, which is PTSD. And I wrote it down and, you know, I handed it to my editor that and with the flame one. And and he loved both of them, but he felt that this one was so impactful that, that
0: other people would gravitate it to a lot more. Uh, Shadow punk says uh, those pages did look really cool. Thank you.
1: But yeah, that, I mean, that's really where that came from. I really wanted to bring, bring a story out that talked about mental illness and awareness. And I do tell people whenever they buy PTSD, it is a little bit harder of, of a subject, but it's it's one that I wanted to bring out there and, and kind of bring to the forefront. Especially if you're you're dealing with something like this, I wanted to send that message. You're not alone. You know, If you need, just reach out a hand and talk to people before it does get too bad.
0: Yeah, I've got PTSD, so that made me interested in the book. And I'm like, yeah.
1: hmm. And and I I tell people, you know, I, I put a, a a number in the back, and it, it's funny because I split that that page and I put two numbers back there, and uh, one of them's uh, like a crisis line number, and the other one was supposed to actually be my number, but they stopped me from doing that, and I was told, you know, hey, you might not want to do that, but it was like. I was dealing with a lot. My kids were dealing with a lot. And it was like, one of the ways you deal with stuff is talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that really is one of those things that, that you can't just hold
0: inside. Yeah. You're going to get it off your chest to somebody.
1: So, I mean, it, like, that was a passion project of mine. And I definitely love that title to dear. It was a one shot. And whenever I was thinking about writing stuff, Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries is supposed to be my uh, fan builder, if you will. And it's twelve issues long. PTSD was uh, was my attempt to to write a, a twenty two page story and to see if I could complete one story in one twenty two page book.
0: Cool. And uh, so you have you have three books that you produced all together, yeah. and this is the fourth one is the second issue of Mushiboo. Yes, which is just a just kind of like a cool catchy title. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, as a matter of fact, my youngest kid
1: kind of came up with that title. Uh, He used to go roaming around and going bushy bushy boom and kind of run into his brothers and sisters and and me as well. And we kind of combined bushy bushy boo with uh, Scooby Doo's Mysteries and kind of came up with bushy boo circus mysteries. Oh, cool. And of course, this is is that first issue. You know, I went with a different uh, art style and Different colors, of course. I wanted this this story to be a little bit more, like I said, a, a fan flagship kind of story. So mm-hmm. I really wanted some colors that popped and made you get you pulled into that story and make you feel what those characters are as well.
0: Now, where did where did the did the idea spring from? I want to write a something like Scooby Doo, but <laughs> completely twisted and different. That, that's kind of just
1: what it was. So me and my kids were in there talking about these ideas and they threw about 10 of them around. One of them was like this, this mutated rabbit who was protecting New York. But the one idea that we felt connected to us and would connect to the fans was an ensemble cast. They wanted to do something like Harry Potter. And I was like, you can't do Harry Potter because it's done. I was like, what if we change the background to a circus and then have that that ensemble cast, like like you do in Harry Potter or Buffy, or Scooby Doo, and just change it around, have unique stories that are a little bit more uh, more mature. Because I, I do tell people this is like Scooby Doo meets Criminal Minds, where there's murderers
0: and serial killers and criminals of that such. Cool. Now we've got a you got a campaign for number two, it's, which is uh, it's in the uh, it's in the it's not in the description link, but um, all the titles are in there, yeah um, but it's in the uh, it's in here and when i when I post this show uh, later on tonight up to uh, podcast, uh, the link for the new campaign will be on the podcast page. so any place you'd like to get your podcast, you can listen to it or download it from there, listen to us talk. And talk. <laughs> talk. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the other book besides Bougie Boo? Uh, Besides PTSD and Bougie Boo, it was Cryptic Haze.
1: Cryptic Haze was my attempt, again, as a new uh, writer, I wanted to show my range. So I wanted to put out different stories. And this was my attempt to to do a thriller, a psychological thriller, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I, whenever I started writing it, I kind of wanted to do a homage, if you will, to Batman's The Killing Joke. And so, whenever you go into this book, I tell people, it's it's basically like a day of of trying to push somebody over the edge kind of thing. But with the, with that being said, I definitely wanted to put my twists and and, and turns on it as well. So it's a uh, a monkey paw, modern day monkey paw tale kind of ish or dark fantasy, dark fantasy island yeah i like the cover thank you yes this is jeff muth right there
0: yeah i like i like the layout of the uh of the of the title up top it's yeah beautiful it's it's pretty funky and it makes me think of bougie boo circus because it <laughs> looks kind of like a roller coaster right on right? the title a little bit so it could be an Easter egg to another. There book. you go. You never know. But yeah, I mean, doing these
1: titles, it, it's really exciting, especially what what you get to put in there. I do try to put a little bit of something if you can uh, spot them here and there, kind of things. I, again, like I said, I, I I'm a comic fan, so I know whenever I did Bushy Boo, I did write a character or two that kind
0: of people will notice a name or two. Nice. Now I want to bring the I want to bring the campaign up. now uh is this a video for the book or is this you in a video talking about the book no it's a video for the book okay i always like to ask just in case because there's no reason to watch a video of you talking about the book while we do a video of you talking about the book (laughs) right so let's let's uh jump into this Wow, you look great in a circus hat
1: <laughs> right having mentioned my youngest who helped with the title that actually was
0: him right there very cool so you got a you got a lot going on here and uh right here as soon as you just scroll down we see that this is the fourth you've created but you've backed 27 projects yes I mean, just looking, just seeing the artwork on those pages in the, in the trailer, I'm like, I looked at it, it's like solid, I started to think solid line work, and then you did the swipes with the color, and I'm like, oh, it's full color. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot of books that are black and white that I have backed, and a lot, you know, a good handful that are, that are color. Um or or the black and red. Right. Which has been a favorite of mine since a certain uh person did uh did did some Grendel stuff.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we wanted to do color for a Boo Circus to kinda of make those those colors pop and jump off the page and grab
0: that attention. So sixty-three pages of mystery.
1: Yeah, uh, the first issue is a uh, uh, sixty-three, uh, thirty-three pages, and the second issue is is thirty-two pages.
0: So combine it's 60, 65 pages. Oh, okay. 63. Okay, I got you. So all together, right? Because we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the tears. I mean, this artwork is really good, dude. It and- it see it seems that there's really bad artwork in indies, and I know that from the eighties and nineties. <laughs> And then there was like decent artwork, and now we're getting a lot of amazing artwork on the indie scene. Some maybe not so much, but a lot of it, has, you know, is amazing. A lot of a lot of it also stems from a lot of big guns in the comic industry uh, kicking dirt in the face of uh, Marvel and right. DC. Yeah, definitely. Especially uh, with things getting
1: tightened down, yeah.
0: And and image, you know. Yeah. It's like, because they're just producing junk and pushing a narrative, and I'm like, go away. (laughs) (laughs) So these are your six variant covers for issue number two. Yeah, and I
1: was going with for a little bit more uh, of a younger, younger artists on these covers. Well, Mm -hmm. With uh, my first issue, I was trying to get more established because I definitely didn't have a name. And, you know, after after my my three previous books on this one, I wanted to kind of give other people a chance, just like people have been giving me a chance these past few months. And with uh, Lauren Gibson on that, that first cover, she did an amazing job. She has a beautiful dark arts that she sells and she's only done a few covers herself. Uh, Gabriel Magnum, he's on that second cover in the top middle, and and you know he's a young young artist that that's just making strides right now, doing beautiful beautiful work. And Laura Miller right there on the top right, her unique uh, pixel art kind of cover, that kind of cutesy cover, that's her first one right there. And I wanted to make sure to kind of highlight some some newer people. The bottom three are a little bit more established with uh, Mike Hansen, who does uh his own title called Disputed Territories. He does that bottom left one. The middle one is from the interior artists themselves, Brian and, and Gabriel. And then that last one is, is from Gonzalez, who is an artist that was kind of recommended to me for that that style of art that I was looking for for that.
0: Yeah, uh, that cover app is, like, really nice. But I'm just not into the six-pack. I'm more of a Ken guy. <laughs> now, uh, having
1: said that, I was actually going for a, a unique look, uh, kind of a, a throwback to Bo Knows, if you knew who Bo Jackson was back then. Oh, he had yeah. this famous uh, pose where he was with the bat and the football pads, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I was going for. Now, I've been I've been hearing that this, this uh, cover is kind of like a Magic Mike cover, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> I go, yeah. I'll never get the book back from my girlfriend. <laughs> but it definitely, I thought it was
1: a unique cover that you just don't see that often, and, and I loved it as well.
0: I mean, I'll tell you, just, just from looking at, like, the small, because they're smaller on, on everybody's screen that's watching it on YouTube now, but uh, it's even smaller to my screen, and I got a forty-eight screen. <laughs> um, the cover that drew me in right away, is actually done by your interior artists yes
1: and they knocked it out of the park whenever i asked them to do a cover
0: they definitely were on point yeah the the color the the color palette on it is just is just perfect with the wisps of smoke and everything i really i really like that one and we got some stretch goals
1: yeah, we put some stretch goals up here. We just got funded, so we kind of wanted to show them off. we're going to, uh, if we reach that, that 1,200 mark, we're going to throw a, a clown nose in there with a special mes- message from one of the future characters. And then at 1,300 mark, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to sign at least one copy and remark it with a, a character design. But hopefully I don't mess it up too much because I'm not an artist, but I'm going to try my hand at it. And then at 15, we're going to, you know, throw a few of
0: those little goodies in there. Oh, cool. Very nice. And $3 gets you a PDF standard edition of the book. Right. And that's going to be of issue two. Yeah. And $6 dollars you get PDF a PDF standard of issue one and two. One and two. So both books. $3 for this issue, $6 for both. Uh, $8 for a PDF standard edition of, of all the books. Of all the books
1: that I've done right there. That's gonna be all four books, including PTSD and Case.
0: Cool. That is a really deal, a really good deal. And a little low, but <laughs> hey. Um, I always call the, you know, since since everything with with COVID happened, and since uh, you know back in twenty twenty, Australia became a prison colony again. <laughs> um, I refer to the digital tears as the Australian tears because I, it's like fifty dollars to ship a book to Australia. Right.
1: Right. And and I like to tell people, you know, I really couldn't afford that many comics whenever I was younger and I still really can't. If I if I could pick up every comic that I wanted, I'd probably have a full. But since oh, I, yeah. I I really couldn't afford them, I wanted to make sure that they were at an affordable price for others to pick up.
0: Oh yeah, nice. So the Laura Gibson cover, which is really cool too. Um is eight dollars.
1: Yes, definitely. My cover A's on all my books, I try to keep a little bit of affordable. Laura Gibson is a great artist. She's not only an artist, but a singer. And she's so young and talented that I definitely wanted a spotlight her
0: cover. And it includes the digital PDF of the book, your name in the thank you section, plus any and all Unlock Stretch Goals. So, I mean, it's a good price because I think we both know the average price. For a Kickstarter or Indigo, Indie comic is around twenty five dollars. Right. Uh, which on ones that are like close to a hundred pages, I don't mind because that's I equate it to basically buying a graphic novel off the shelf. Right. It's going to cost you the same amount. Gabriel Magnum cover is ten dollars.
1: Then most of my variants are about $10. I try to keep it, again, a little bit affordable, but a little bit on the, the price range that helps us out to get to that next comic as well.
0: And the Lisa Miller cover. Uh, we'll call this her Cupid Doll series. <laughs> right? It's, it's almost chibi, but not quite. <laughs> <coughs> she, I think the girl's a little too tall to be a chibi. She, <laughs> she's above the ten. So, right.
1: And I tell people, you know, I I had six kids. I try to. Wow. (laughs) You need a hobby. Right. (laughs) I I wanted to make six covers, one for each of my kids dedicated to them. And and that, that QC cover was definitely for my youngest.
0: And the Michael Hansen cover.
1: And Michael Henson he he's a creator and artist on disputed territory his own line and he definitely helped me out in my career and I was honored to have him on his, on one of my covers cool
0: so you've gotten all these books launched and and fulfilled this year and this one's midway
1: now my first two books are 100% fulfilled with the exception of anyone who hasn't filled out a survey, which is about four people. My, my third book is about 85% fulfilled. And that's only because I'm waiting for the logistics from some of the books that were signed, uh, signed tiers, oh, okay. And that's the only reason it's kind of holding those up. Also, I had a few uh, international people order, which I kind of didn't expect. And I'm, I'm getting those out there slow, slower than expected. But both my first ones are 100%. That one's about 85 to 87% fulfilled, and we're continuously working on it. And then this one's coming out, hopefully going to be fulfilled by September, October. Oh,
0: nice. Oh, here's the cover I liked. I like yeah. the first cover, too. I like, Kev- I like cover A, and I like this one.
1: And this one by the interior artist, like I said, they knocked it out of the park. I I definitely love what they did. I'm
0: old school. I think every book should have a cover done by the interior artist. Right.
1: Right. I did mess up on my first issue of Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries by not having them do it. And I was grateful that they did it right here. On my other two books, I definitely had an interior artist do an alternate cover on each
0: of those. Well, make sure when you because you said Bushy Boo is going to be a 12, 12 issue run. Yeah. If you've got if you've got the audience for it think about doing uh like an omnibus and put like all, all the 12 co- issues in but make sure to have the interior artists do the cover right i mean they they did a great job on this cover and the uh the magic mike i mean the jay gonzalez <laughs> uh cover right sorry jay uh okay.
1: And like I said, I was going for that bow nose, but it definitely came out great.
0: Then you have uh, the William Russell and Lauren Lauren Gibson uh, combo pack. So you get uh, William's cover from issue one and Lauren's cover from issue two for $12. Oh, you get fancy foil covers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. They pop out a little bit more with those beautiful cut colors. And I, I definitely like using foil covers.
0: I've had them on my previous books and we're looking forward to seeing these. All of a sudden these young kids think, foil, that's <laughs> wicked cool. Yeah, that's what we said in the 90s too. Right? <laughs> Gabriel Magnum foil. I like the gorilla. Yeah, yeah, and this is
1: now this right here is my Kickstarter exclusive. It's going to be issue one and two combined in, in a book, but it's also going to give you another story that I wrote uh, for an anthology that didn't get picked up. It was my first attempt at writing a romantic story. It's called Cherry Blossom, and it's a six page story, so that's going to be added into those the 65 pages of Boo It'll be Six, seven pages of cherry blossom, but we're also going to throw in some concept pages from Boo, and a special letter and a few extras from. Them.
0: And this this is the cover.
1: Yes, this is going to be an 80 page book. This is going to be the cover. It's going to actually have uh, two pages inside that are going to feature all 12 covers of the first two issues.
0: OK, because this would be a good cover to have somebody do uh, a sketch out. A sketch,
1: definitely a remark or sketch, something unique like that, and that's kind
0: of what we are going for. See, as much as much as I like that other cover, uh, this this one says a lot. To getting for people that haven't gotten it before, they can still buy the other two, or they could get bonus material and end up getting eighty pages altogether with a. Black blank cover, right. basically, so they can just get something done on that. Uh, Thirty-five dollars for a combo pack for foil covers A and B. Uh, Thirty-five for a foil of issue one and issue two. The A covers, I I take it, yes, from both. Forty-five dollars for all six covers. That's pretty good because usually that's like a two hundred-dollar <laughs> year. Eighty-five dollars. Issues one and two, all the covers.
1: And that's going to be twelve different covers, including that that one by William Russell for that A cover issue one. We got Ariel Diaz and Kinselinas. These are some uh, some names that are kind of just jumping out there lately, but we we have 12 fabulous issues and uh, covers, including a Star Wars homage on that first issue, and that's 24 covers altogether, including the 12 covers that you saw on, on this issue.
0: Nice. And a retailer tier. Always very important.
1: Yeah, we definitely love our retailers. We're actually carried by about 25 of the 28 bookstores around my Metroplex in the DFW area. So I definitely want to send retailers a, a little bit of love. Here's going to be a 10-copy set for $65. It's going to be a mix of all, uh, all
0: of the issue, too. And then we got wow. a few other retailer sets as well. Double retailer special, so you get 20 copies for 120 It's a good deal. Now I'm gonna keep scrolling down. This is what I was looking for. Both issues, because places that haven't carried you before are gonna be like, uh yeah, that's great, but I don't know anything about this. Do you have any issue ones? It's like, well, I just so happen to be able to offer you a combo pack of both.
1: And we definitely wanted to do that. Now I feel like if you picked up issue two, you're not really missing too much of it. But of course, that issue one is definitely the introductory to the main characters. And if you
0: get issue oh, for one for collectors, and two, issue yeah. one is you know issue one is kind of like issue zeros in the right. 90s. <laughs> And this is that that second
1: retailer pack with issue 1 and 2. This is going to be 20 copies and of course it's going to be a mixed variant of the
0: copy covers. Yeah, so you get you get 10 from from issue 1, 10 from issue 2. That's a that's a good amount to to put up there, uh, you know, on the indie end cap. Oh, $90 for a half page ad placed inside the book. I've been Ooh. seeing these come up more and more.
1: We we ran a few of these on uh, previous campaigns and they did really well. in The last one, whenever I tell people that I'm a new art, uh, writer and creator, and that my first comic PTSD came out, and within three months I sold over a thousand copies, it really kind of hits a home stretch. Whenever it does talk about those pages being at uh, at pages, nice. you sold the full page and we definitely appreciate that thank you thank you for our backer we we have already been in contact with them talked to them and seen what they're going to put in that page and and we do appreciate the support nice
0: $600 a meet and greet
1: so for $600 you you get a meet and greet with me I, i'll come to your hometown and we'll meet either at the local uh comic book store or a a restaurant around town uh i'll bring every Every comic that I have, including every cover, and I'll sign them all in front of you, you'll obviously get the PDFs of each of those, those comics. And so if you want to talk about those comics, about how they were written, why they were written, we'll sit down and talk about that. But also, if you're a creator and you're looking to get into the industry, if you want to talk about some of the pitfalls that I had and how I overcome them, I'll definitely give you any of the knowledge that I have and probably give you a, a tip or two who to call to kind of start your route going.
0: Very that's pretty cool. It's like I thought to me myself, I go, Oh, I just saved myself six hundred dollars. Like, oh, but I didn't get any books. Yeah, oh. right.
1: You also get to name one of one of my future characters in a book, and that's
0: that's always awesome to do. Oh, cool. And here we go with the creative team. Uh yourself, of course.
1: And then Brian Azura and Gabe Rowland. Brian Azura on the pencils and inks and Gabe Rowland on the colors. Beautiful, beautiful artwork. Uh, McLean McGuire, he is not only my letter and designer, he's like my right-hand man who does just about everything for me whenever I mess it all up. He's amazing. Then you got Chuck Bonet, who's my editor. Chuck <laughs> was a- on
0: one of my very first shows, and we we just kind of like nerded out showing each yeah. other all the a bunch of cool stuff around our desks. <laughs>
1: chuck is great he he's awesome i i love talking to him and whenever we talk comics especially whenever it's a project that we're doing i love the way his his mind works where we definitely go at in end, ends on each other but we definitely meet in the middle and he's a great guy to work with
0: and that's that's the whole campaign Now, we will make with the questions. Awesome. So, uh, let's start with, uh, who made the video for you? I did. So you did. So,
1: one of the things is, whenever I started doing this stuff, I, I did hire a, a marketing group, and, and they kind of showed me a little bit here and there, but... Uh, whenever I decided that I'm going to try to make this a little bit of a, a side career, I definitely realized I had to make a little bit of digital advertisements, videos, uh, flyers and whatnot. So whenever I made the video, I made this one. Uh, the previous video that I made for my campaign, me and my son did that together, which my kids are very uh, active with, with the comic creations and, and stuff. They go out with me to the Comic Cons, and one of my kids actually dresses up like the lead character in Bushi.
0: Nice. Yeah, we saw him at the end of the trailer.
1: Uh, this is actually my my uh, one of my twins, my teenagers. He's fourteen. The one at the end of the trailer was my youngest, who's six. So, like I say, they're very active in the
0: in the campaign. You have too many kids. <laughs> yeah. You need to become the next big name in comics. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it helps
1: out. We we definitely, after getting funded every time, we go out and kind of eat pizza and celebrate a little bit because, man, would when, whenever you're doing a campaign, it's definitely a little stressful, and you never know if you're going to get funded or not. And I've been lucky, and grace of God, to have gotten funded throughout all of my campaigns. So,
0: I'm very blessed. Oh yeah, I'd say so because. I know people that have been on the indie scene for a while that usually work pretty much all of a year to to get maybe two books out. Yeah. I know a few other people uh, that get like four or five books out in a year. I'm like, and they're all different books. Right. So they alternate between the books. Uh, and they also have to end up alternating between the platforms between uh, Kickstarter and uh, and Indiegogo. Right. Uh, which is a good idea because you don't want to leave any money on the table. Yeah, I've um, been
1: exploring that option. I, I thought about re releasing PTSD and we wanted to do a few unique things, but we haven't exactly got to that stage yet.
0: Um, did you know once you have a funded campaign on Kickstarter that you can transfer it over to Indiegogo? As an what? in-demand open bookstore, oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah,
1: I'll definitely look into that. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm pretty new. The the main reason I went with Kickstarter is uh, some of my friends and and uh, people around this area were fam- more familiar with it, so that's that's the reason I landed on it.
0: Yeah, it's it's the it's the bigger name, yeah. for sure. Now. Uh, So you said you're in 28 stores in your area?
1: 25 of the 28 bookstores in DFW. Yes. Wow. Yes. And where is that? Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was in like,
0: DFW. <laughs> I'm like, I go, uh, whoa, there's a VFW in every town. I don't know. Really, <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. I. I Being in this Metroplex, it's pretty big. And, you know, I went out there and hit the streets, talked to all the the comic book store owners. And uh, obviously, it didn't happen overnight. But, you know, I'd come back and talk to them and figured out what they wanted. And luckily, I got my book in, like I said, 25 of the 28 bookstores around here.
0: So I know one store in Texas. I'm not sure where in Texas it is. I just know it's in Texas. And it's called space cadets
1: it sounds familiar i'm i'm wanting to think it was san antonio because i be. i i believe i've called every bookstore in the state and it sounds familiar but it's not dfw or dallas for i i
0: do i do know they're uh they're very friendly to the indie community and and carry a good amount of uh of indie books just,
1: yeah, saying. And, just saying, and, yeah, just saying. Yeah, throw it up. I'll throw it out there. Yeah, and and I called uh, a whole bunch, and I I'd, I'd be glad to call them again. Sent out emails showing people what I had. Of course, I'm pretty pretty new, so I can understand the hesitation on picking me up. But I'm s- still going out there hitting comic cons. I've hit six so far, and in my and I'm looking forward to hitting as many as I can in the next year.
0: Very nice. I know. Uh... My buddy uh, Sam Vera just moved down to Texas this year. Oh, yeah.
1: Sam, I met Sam.
0: Oh, Sam Sam's a good guy. I, I, I
1: He's great. Yeah, uh, we talk a lot. He was down here on the Dallas Fan Expo whenever I met him. Mm-hmm. And we, we had talked before that. But he's giving me some advice. And his show is one of the shows that I kind of looked at whenever I was trying to learn. Because he does have this... Uh, 10 minutes or less kind of thing where he talks about the
0: industry and it's great. Yeah. I liked, uh, he tagged me in one of the, in a, in a couple of their, their shows. Cause they both, uh, him and George have both been on yeah. Yeah. and, uh, wonder duck and duty. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I did make lots of duty jokes, <laughs> but, uh, they tagged, they tagged me in one in particular that, that kind of hit home of uh, a lot of times we'll have both both of us will have creators on and before the show, they'll subscribe to the channel and then a little ways, you know, about a week or so afterwards, they'll drop the subscription and I'm like, we supported you. I mean, you don't have to click like the bell and say all you can just you know
1: be a subscriber on the channel
0: you can be a subscriber on the channel
1: i i definitely agree and i think i've seen that show of his one of the things i try to do is I, i try to make sure that i'm promoting the people who promote me because without you guys how's my project getting seen I on my Facebook or on my Twitters I usually put out a post thanking people and I just put out a post whenever this got funded and I included everyone, every person show that I've been on, including uh, Catch the Craze because they they did have me on earlier this month. And I always try to put an extra page with every campaign of the people that I and the show's link. So that that people can go back to the show even whenever it's not on. So, like today, I'll I'll put like a link onto this show. But about a week or two right before the end of the campaign or somewhere in the middle, I'll try to put that link up again so people could go back and look and see at This if they want to talk, look and hear more about the campaign and also the shows that I've been on.
0: That's 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 that makes me very appreciative just of you now. <laughs> oh, well, like I said, thank you for having me. I mean,
1: if y'all didn't host me, I don't think I would have got funded with all the, the promoters that I had. I definitely had some that that really pushed for me to get promoted and helped me out a great deal.
0: Now, you're looking at having this fulfilled by by October, the latest, Yeah, the, the current campaign. Uh What's up for you next? Well, I think I'm going to take a break and kind
1: of view the, the cons, the convention scenes with, with only having a goal of this amount. It really was just to cover the printing costs. So basically most of the money of the production came out of my pocket. I did have a, another project that I wanted to hit in October and I think I'm going to push it back because I don't have the funds for all of that. So, I think I'm going to hit conventions for the next six months and then see where I'm at. But that next project, I do have my team together and we're actually going to get started probably in September or October. Once this gets fulfilled and that project is going to be called prelude to Aurora. I've had this, this script written out and it's, it's been on the back burner for a while, especially because I want to do the second issue of Bushy blue circus mysteries. And so this, this prelude I've shown to a few of the my friends in the industry and I've actually had offers to buy it from me. And I was kind of surprised about that because like I said, I'm brand new writing. So I, I do want to get this that project out, but it really depends on the funding.
0: Yeah, well, hope, hopefully uh, you get to hit a couple of those stretch goals before the end. Yes. I mean, uh, your goal was just to, like you, like you just said, just to get enough to uh, to cover the printing costs. Yes. Uh, and your goal was a thousand dollars, and you're at a thousand twenty right now. Eleven days to go, and twenty seven and counting backers. Yes. So I mean, you're doing you're doing pretty good. You're hitting you know you're hitting that one k on you know, on, on somebody like you like you said, that's, you know, fairly new to the industry and you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at it. Like every book you want to try to build your audience by like another 10% and then another 10% and, you know, keep that forward momentum going. Um, I know Texas is a big place. (laughs) I have a cousin that lives down there and has a construction company don't know what he does. I see. I've yeah. seen him like three times in like the last twenty years. Um, he used to be like a little tyke, like your youngest. Was the yeah. last time I saw him like in person, right? Be- before uh, my accident a few years ago, and then he shows up looking like a lumberjack, and I'm like, yeah, oh, <laughs> right. They grow what, fast. What did you feed them? Um, but i know there's lots of conventions down there yes um i mean i'm in i'm in i'm in like southern mass yeah so i'm like i'm i'm close to rhode island not that that's a bragging point (laughs) uh i moved out of there as soon as i could which was like 30 years ago um i'm a slow starter
1: but it's definitely uh, different getting into conventions. Like uh, like I said, I'm pretty new and I've only been to six so far. So having to get get that uh, the feel, the legs under me of how they work and how you have to put deposits down ahead of time and kind of promote yourself before you get there. it It's all new to me. And I might take a little bit of break to get used to that. And like I said, get that next book started. But I definitely have a few interesting projects that I want to work on on the way. Obviously, Bushibu Circus Issue number three is being written. And, you know, once uh, I get into my my next
0: project, Prelude, then we'll figure out where the target is for that one. Now, the, my only criticism on, on your video mm-hmm. was it not having a voiceover. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Even if you only have like a couple of things to say, and it's just like reading the script, the JavaScript that you put up right. on the video, because a lot of people will put these on while they're working and just listen, listen to a show. And when the trailer comes up, they hear music and that's it. Right. Um, you know, just like some kind of brief description in there, you know, record a couple Record a couple of lines, uh, you know, that you think will grab somebody's attention and and pull them in. And plus, when this is when this gets uploaded, if somebody listens to it, uh, you know, on like Spotify or Apple, um, they're not going to know anything that's going on because it was it was just, right. you know, music in the trailer. Outside think- of that, it was it was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, I
1: mean, I definitely can understand that. I agree with – I should have put some something in, and I, I wanted to come back and rework it. But, of course, there's – whenever you're in the middle of a campaign, it gets a little more hectic than you think sometimes. Of course, dealing with family and other jobs and all that other good stuff. But I definitely understand what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, real jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I got a real job. I got a family loaded with children over here. Right. <laughs> You could almost open up your own bougie boo circus. Right?
1: Yeah. Train each one of them for a different act.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, get a flea circus going on, on the side, charge people not to get fleas.
1: But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been an interesting roller coaster ride. And like I said, with the with the family being involved in it, helping out, being a part of it, especially the, being new to the convention scenes, it's been very great.
0: So, the three books that you do have done, like if yes. you were going to a convention this weekend, which I am. Oh, you are! Oh, yes. well, by all means, plug that convention. It's going to be in Lubbock, Lubbock City,
1: Texas. It's called Hub City Comic Con. We're going to be there for the three days. I believe that's what 19, 20, and twenty-first. We're going to be there all day long and
0: having fun. Awesome! So you're going to be you're going to be bringing all sorts of stuff. From the completed campaigns, yes. Um, so, what's the percentage that you would say that you like overprint for a campaign? So um, you have physical medium with you to go to to go to conventions or comic shops with. Wow, well, that's. Uh,
1: I, I guess that varies because I have to say whenever I, I did my first one, which was PTSD. I was kind of a head in the sky kind of guy. And my first print run I think was like 600 and we quickly sold out and I did 400 after that. And originally I thought I was going to stop selling PTSD because I really didn't want to make, it was such a, a topic and, and, uh, a passion project that I didn't really want to take advantage or, or, Misuse the title, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But I had a family member come up to me and say, You know, you've they were a vet and they're they, they, like, it, it, You need to keep this title going because it is so impactful. That they bought me about a thousand print run after that. So, yeah. <laughs> having said that, I still have most of that that, that second thousand print run of PTSD. And uh, whenever I did Bushi Boo, I think I did a thousand and I still have a Half of that with crypto case, I, I did a smaller run. I think I did about 600, and I probably have half of that. So, I mean, it, it really depends. I mean, like I said, I'm pretty new, so I didn't know what I was doing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know, uh, you know, a bunch of other people that I've talked to say they usually uh overprint by like about 20 yeah, is- and- percent. Is a good number um, that a lot of people I've talked to go by. That way, if you get orders after the fact, like yeah. people that have websites or like transfer their Kickstarters over to Indiegogo, so they have an open source store. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't know the
1: number. And whenever I went to these conventions, obviously it's kind of up and down. I did really great in most of the conventions and, and, one convention, I, I really kind of hit the jackpot, I guess you could say, because I, I didn't know what I was going in for, and then kind of came out with uh, enough to fund half of one of my books. So I was, I was wow. pretty thankful. Yeah, I mean, whenever I said that I sold a 1,000 of that first one, it was really because of one or two of those conventions, and I was shocked and amazed. Uh, things started slowing down, and, and kind of – Realizing that and kind of trying to make adjustments to that right now.
0: Um, one of the things that usually does pretty pretty good, and it depends on your artist, too,
1: right.
0: um, on Indiegogo, is original art. Yes. Yes. As
1: a matter of fact, uh, I, I got some original art from PTSD and Cryptic Hayes. Unfortunately I haven't been able to acquire some original art from either of the Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries. But yeah, the the original art, I mean, looks great. And it's I sold a piece or two. I've also done a canvas of one of my uh one of my covers that, that's really done a little bit, you know, decent. And then uh, you know, a few prints uh from one of my cover artists he donated so I could have on my table as well.
0: Oh cool. I, I just I just know uh, Indiegogo the fr- almost one of the first things that they look for the featured tier because usually you'll do like a featured tier would be like one of your big packages to yeah. to encompass so they they can get pretty much everything like anything that you could get in a drop down menu would be you know bundled Inclusive. together yeah. and then they look at the other tiers and then they're scrolling down looking for original artwork. Yeah. Is there any original artwork? Are there sketch covers available? Yeah. but yeah. I know a lot a lot of modern artists are, my daughter, especially fourteen year olds, <laughs> uh, she is it's gonna be digital or she just won't do it. right, right. I, I mean, but those original arts
1: they are beautiful, especially to hold in your hand and kind of see the the line works and whatnot.
0: I, I definitely understand that. So it's it's important to people, especially if they fall in love with with the book and the concept, to be able to like you know turn around and look up on their wall and have a piece of art from a book that they fell in love with. Right. Right. And it's 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 usually uh, probably going to net you enough to uh, put that next book right into production right <laughs> yeah, definitely that that original artwork sells pretty good i've got a I've got a few pieces laying around here myself,
1: man <laughs> but yeah, i mean we, we've been doing I've been doing pretty good. It's like i said most of most of my uh, profits and sales were off my first one but but I've had a lot of uh stories that came back that people loved the story and and were impacted by it. And, you know, the, the uniqueness of the, the different stories from PTSD to Bushiboo Circus Mysteries, and then the change to Cryptic Haze, people were kind of surprised at, that my writing was uh, of of the level it is, I guess you could say. And I tell you the truth, I didn't know if I could write well at all until I started
0: and people started loving it. Now the next big question is: uh, Have you considered setting up a website?
1: Uh, I am actually with uh, Charter Comics at the moment. They're they're a local uh, production company that that's helped me out, and they're on the back of my books, and and they're they have me featured on one of their their sites as well. Oh, cool! So it's going to be on CharterComics.com. I, I I am trying to save up for my own website in the near future. But again, that's another added expense that I, I've been kind of pushing into this book so I can get it completed first.
0: Get that in the, get that in, the uh, in the chat. Yeah. So yeah, uh, looks like you get a lot of big things coming. Thank you. Um, you know, pretty soon you'll have an army of helpers to, uh, to help <laughs> you with the convention. Right. Right. you know and uh that's great have you uh i have another podcast friend down in texas as well uh i'm not sure if you know him or not uh chris from lost in comics no i don't think i've heard of that one i'll uh when as soon as we wrap up here i'll uh i'll start giving you uh contact info for a few people
1: I appreciate it definitely me being you I, I you know I, this is probably the first uh, project that I really kind of made the rounds if you will uh my my previous projects I really didn't even know that you know to go on to podcasts or anything like that this this really was the first project that I actually did
0: this and I'm glad you did because uh this you got some great stuff here thank you. I don't know how it reads yet, but I mean, it looks good. I mean, you sell a thousand copies of, of the first book you ever did. Uh, I'd call that not too shabby. Thank you.
1: I appreciate it. Like I said, you know, I'm trying to get out there, trying to get known, trying to get seen. And main thing I want is to get these books in people's hands so they can read it and let them know for themselves
0: if, if it's worthy or not. Oh, yeah. For sure. Check it out. Uh, if you don't have money in your pocket right now, uh, share out this show and share out the links for uh, for the Kickstarter right now. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And uh, if you're interested in some of the back issues, uh, hit up chartercomics.com and and look for PTSD and all the other books listed in the in the bio, either up above or down below, depending on where you're watching us tonight. And uh, I want to thank uh, Paul for coming on and hanging out and get to know him a little bit better. Thank you. And we're sure we'll, uh, we'll see you uh, in the future for sure, because uh, you seem to be in beast mode for comic production, <laughs> I'm telling you. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch everybody next week with another episode. Don't forget, you can download this, share it out uh, anywhere you can get a podcast.